Hello, my name is Daniel Nenny, founder of SemiWiki, the open forum for semiconductor professionals. Welcome to the Semiconductor Insiders podcast series. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please post it on semiwiki.com and we'll get right to it. My guest today is Mihal Swinski, Chief Marketing Officer at Arteris. He brings more than two decades of technology-based strategy, marketing, and growth acceleration. Prior to joining Arteris, he served as Corporate Vice President of Marketing and Business Development at Cadence. And through his leadership, the brand of the company and digital image was transformed. Mr. Swinsky directed the strategy and marketing in Cadence's entry into the intellectual properties, embedded, and system domains. Uh, prior to Cadence, he worked at Verplex Systems on new product innovation and Mentor Graphics on IP and SOC design services. Welcome to the podcast, Miha. Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure to be here. First, just to get us started, can you tell us how you got your start in semiconductors? Absolutely. I actually started like uh, maybe many kids do, which is computer games. So I was very much into uh, playing the early, early games. Uh, you know, nothing like the fancy things we have nowadays that my kids play. Uh, but uh, that got me interested in really understanding how the software and the hardware work together. And, you know, one thing led to the other. And I had the opportunity to start in um, uh, some uh, jobs doing um, chip design and understanding how uh, chips really work, how they're designed, how they're implemented, how they're verified. And that kind of ended up pulling me into this entire um, uh, silicon IP and uh, electronic design automation realm, where it's been my pleasure for the last 25 years or more to work with uh, the, all kind of customers who are shaping the future of all the electronics we use. So it's been fascinating. I have a similar story. I was a computer guy, you know, in, in early on, and it just took me to software, hardware, and semiconductors. And you know, I, I don't have any regrets. It's been an exciting career. So tell us what brought you to Arteris. Yeah, Arteris actually has been on my uh, radar screen for quite a while when doing some uh, research about, well, how you know do we really help customers accelerate their innovation schedules and how chips really come together? It became very apparent to me uh, over a decade ago that uh, network and chip technology or NACs are absolutely critical to how we do effective configuration, uh, integration, optimization of uh, chips that are uh, part of all electronics. So kind of kept an, up, an eye on it for a while. And uh, a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to actually take over here in our terrace and uh, try to uh, drive their role for uh, product strategy um, and uh, evolution of uh, roadmaps and go to market moving forward. So that's been a great opportunity and I've been uh, enjoying the opportunity here ever since. Yeah, we've been working with Arteris since 2012. It, it's really been an exciting time. Um, so before we dig in to what you see ahead for 2024, let's talk about 2023. Uh, Arteris had a, another big year. Uh, 23 has been quite busy. We actually started the year with a bang by um, announcing a um, acquisition on the uh, SOC integration side. So, uh, you know, as I mentioned before, the network and chips is obviously key technology for on-chip connectivity on the hardware side of things. 
But obviously, there is also a, a whole dimension of how you automate the software, the use of it. So how do we take the view of the various blocks, uh, the methodologies of continuous integration, how the underlying IP blocks, uh, uh, sub-blocks, the embedded software all come together. And that's where really this um, SOC integration automation kind of technologies come together. So we were very glad to bring the uh, Semi4 team um, um, into the Arteros helm last year. Uh, we then uh, followed it up by uh, rolling out a uh, physically aware view of our uh, flagship uh, network and chip technology, FlexNAC. So with FlexNAC 5, that was actually something that uh, culminated years and years of uh, innovation and lots of patents about actually bringing notions of physical awareness into how chips are done. And that's like a new concept because people typically think of knocks and topology at the architecture level, but really there is such a dependency with uh, how you actually implement and how many spins it takes to get it right, um, to get the right topology for the right chip. So that's been huge. Uh, and that's a uh, you know, very exciting introduction that we did last year. And then if that wasn't enough, we actually uh, took our partnership with ARM that we have and follow it up with some partnership announcement with RISC-V companies, uh, since we are seeing some you know, great interest and demand for a growing ecosystem of processor IPs. So uh, 23 was an amazing year and my God, was it busy. Yeah, I agree completely. You know, it was a, a big change from the pandemic, you know, a couple of pandemic years prior, but 2023 was an excellent year. What about 2024? I mean, right now, AI is one of the hottest topics on SemiWiki. What's your take on AI and how will it impact our industry and the future of mankind? Absolutely, and AI has been an actually interesting area uh, for me particularly. By background, I actually started with an AI uh, studying the whole area in terms of how you really do machine learning and so forth in the 90s. And at that point in time, obviously there were a lot of limitations and it was really until, it wasn't until a few years ago that really convolutional neural networks or CNNs came online and started changing the landscape. And now we're just starting to see really how all of that is just starting to come to fruition. So I think obviously uh, artificial AI around uh, uh, all the buzz we're hearing with generative AI and large language models is absolutely going to be driving a huge, huge change. And I think we're just, just getting started. A lot of people are thinking that maybe there's just a lot of hype. I don't think so. I think this is going to be very, very uh, interesting in 24 and beyond, because what's really happening is that we're seeing a very massive increase in the complexities of the chips that need to be done, including having a very high uh, bandwidth that's required for the right uh, execution of data to redo that learning. And that in terms is also driving a much bigger push for specialization, where we're kind of starting to shift from a one size fits on GPU based approach to how you do everything uh, AI slash machine learning into much more uh, of a, a segregated view of how different times of training and different kind of inference for different applications are being done with a fair amount of uh, you know, great products coming online already and a bunch of new ones being created moving forward. So I think uh, we're just getting started and AI is gonna be absolutely an amazing year. 
and 24 is going to be great for AI in terms of all the hardware that's going to be designed for it. So I think it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, I, I agree completely. You know, with AI exploding, um, what's your take on its impact on edge devices and autonomous things uh, in the years ahead? And that's a great question. Obviously, a lot of emphasis historically has been done on just core training, right? So uh, data centers, making sure the right models can be trained uh, because without the trained models, obviously, there is not much that you can do with. But of course, that is leading to a huge, huge, huge increase in all of the edge computing that is associated with this, particularly with, you know, obviously we've seen autonomous driving being uh, one dimension of it that is obviously driving a lot of edge computing, right? And uh, with all of the, you know, different level of, of uh, maturity of how advanced the systems will be, well, that's a lot of uh, inference on the edge. Uh, but conversely, we're seeing the same thing starting to creep in uh, very increasingly into a higher level of compute and smart edge devices being, of course, you know, our cameras are already getting smarter, right? Microphones are getting smarter. Just think of any application, right? From uh, consumer uh, uh, appliances to robotics to agriculture, where, I mean, I think that this is going to be very interesting. I think there's a lot of discussions taking place already about what kind of uh, electronics uh, and the underlying chip implementations they will need. And some companies are already underway. Some are just getting started. But I think that is absolutely starting to move forward. And it's going to continue to have an impact on the industrial space. It's going to continue to have an impact on all kind of consumer applications, obviously automotive, uh, we're seeing to see permutations of this actually impacting space as well. So it's been um, it's been an interesting set of discussions last year. All of them are about to lead into some very interesting innovations uh, that are being planned or even designed already. So I think 24 is definitely going to be a year where we're going to see a lot of AI on the edge becoming very, very real. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you referenced hybrid architectures. Uh, what's your outlook on risk five in 2024? Are we going to see more activity? Yeah, that's a great question. As I mentioned earlier, of course, uh, we're seeing, you know, uh, that ARM is uh, continues to uh, go strong and that is not changing at all. But obviously, people are looking at also other options for um, architectures, for processors. And in many cases, uh, as you mentioned, right, we're seeing obviously uh, people doing a little bit of mix and match, right? Trying to pick the best processor IP for the right function on the chip. So I think overall, uh, RISC-V continues to see great momentum in the market across all regions. Typically, the, you know, the key strength has been around the consumer and industrial applications. Although, of course, we are seeing some companies uh, are looking on how to go after uh, high-end computing as well um, and other verticals. So uh, it's been very interesting in that regard. But to the point on hybrid architectures, yeah, we also seen uh, many instances where uh, people are already designing chips that will, for example, include both ARM and uh, RISC-V uh, processors on the same SLC, and in some cases is to really get the best uh, of class uh, capabilities from both. In some cases, it's a bit of a uh, mix and match, so they can have more choices down the line. So that's an interesting development. I think we're probably going to see more of it. And at the end of the day, it all comes back to customers wanting to have choices 
and being able to get the best product to market at the lowest cost with the most flexibility. So I think that's going to be something we're going to see a lot more of. Yeah, I agree. Very well summarized there. So 2024 will be a big year of change, right? So how will SOC design teams keep up with it all? Yeah, so that's been, of course, uh, the dilemma for quite a while, as you know, as the whole industry has evolved from uh, the days where, you know, you were dealing with, uh, I know, the everything being custom to having reusable IPs and, you know, maybe 10 blocks or dozen blocks to then moving to 100 of IP blocks. Uh, now with instances of thousands of different uh, IP blocks from internal and external sources or being uh, connected um, on the same die to meet bandwidth latency, power topology demands. Um, and of course now, which is also going to get further accelerated by the adoption of uh, chiplets. So you have this, this, this view where obviously, you know, everybody wants to focus on uh, really what is going to be the core differentiator, right? Uh, so commercial IPs and their integrations becomes a lot more pervasive. And we've continued to see this change where there's a big shift going in from do-it-yourself in-house development. Some of it is perhaps based on legacy IP, just getting too old, uh, and or really trying to focus on where the, the key value add for a specific chip is going to be which is basically driving a much bigger embrace of automation, uh, reuse, and uh, methodologies along the way, right? And again, kind of like where we are in with um, system IP, which is basically the glue between all the various parts on the chip is where all of that different uh, content and intent really come together. Uh, we're seeing a lot of that and uh, it's very, very much accelerating to the point where you know, we're having the great problem of uh, having almost too much demand at, at times, right? Uh, but that's something that will uh, most likely continue as we uh, continue to see the increase on uh, specialization of the various chips, which is all a byproduct of moving kind of from you know, more traditional um, one-size-fits-all uh, general compute to having a lot more companies that are more vertically integrated and or uh, developing their own specializing chips for very specific application. Plus, of course, the infusion of uh, startups as a lot more of the underlying electronics continue to get smarter. Uh, so that's just gonna be probably the way that most of the SOC teams will do it. Just, you know, real smart, effective integration and really making sure that they're focused their bandwidth on where they can make a difference while using as much uh, automation and uh, methodologies for um, quick, scalable, repeatable processes as much as possible. Yeah, I agree. So final question, uh, what's the one thing you are most excited about in 2024? Yeah, so this year is going to be just fascinating. I think that, you know, the starting point is that we're going to see a fair amount of chips and products that were actually created uh, last year starting to come to the market this year. And that alone is going to be uh, eye-opening to a lot of people because there's a lot of great innovation that was done recently. Uh, but conversely, there's a lot more uh, active conversations now on new specs, new product definitions that is being driven in many cases, really spurred by the uh, unique compute requirements 
for all different kind of machine learning, right? So uh, AI in general, or specifically things around LLMs, a lot of language models and uh, just gender AI overall is driving a very different uh, view of how people are approaching their uh, compute and the various subsystems across all kinds of applications. So I think that to me is probably gonna be one of the most exciting things. Uh, moving uh, beyond from kind of just thinking about it like, well, you know, obviously it's there and you just need to buy some NVIDIA chips and that's gonna be good enough. And to really start taking an approach where companies are using different kind of chips and different kind of innovations for different end applications of AI across multiple uh, uh, use cases and applications. And I think that's gonna be very exciting in 24. I think it's gonna be super exciting in 25 because this is not gonna all get done in one year. Uh, but I think that's probably where I'm uh, very, very interested to, to see how this will evolve. And I think that's where we can see huge amount of new patents, new uh, innovation and new product deployment. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the domain specific chips that we're seeing now and uh, that are evolving and coming out, I think that's pretty exciting uh, because you know companies like Google and Tesla are making their own chips and they're doing some pretty incredible things. Absolutely, and it's and it's and it's great to see also that it's not only the big brands and the big companies that are doing this, right? But that we're also seeing a great amount of innovation coming from uh, startups, right? So you know, uh, Tenstorin, Sima and I, uh, New Reality, just some examples of interesting recent announcements on on different kind of products, actually. All of them doing something related to uh, AI, be data center or consumer, or uh, just uh, you know inference on the edge, right? So I think it's going to be great, um, you know, and it will be very interesting to see how this also balance between all kind of AI for different kind of applications and the balance between what the big companies do versus what the startups will do, how that will all uh, uh, come to fruition in 24. Yeah, and the one thing all these chips have in common is the NOC, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, the NAC is absolutely the way you connect all of them. So, you know, we're, we love everybody to be successful. Uh, you know, the reality is that a normal chip nowadays has somewhere between five to seven NACs, uh, some a lot more. Complexity is large, large amount of IPs, and every single, uh, you know, connectivity um, of the SOC, so every single NAC is almost unique to every single chip, right? Which makes, uh, that's what makes NACs so different you know, other kind of IPs. So uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, this is obviously great for us and we are a key enabler of the entire ecosystem in that regard and the year is gonna be great. Yeah, I agree. Great conversation. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on the trends ahead and the impact uh, our Terrace is making on the industry and you know, let, let's catch up. I'm sure I'll see you at one of the conferences. Dan, thank you so much. A pleasure to be here. That concludes our podcast. Thank you all for listening and have a great day.